Stay tuned because coming up next is Down in the Valley with Lloyd Carter. Everybody, this is Lloyd Carter. You're listening to Down in the Valley. We air on the second Friday of each month at 3 p.m. Mark your calendars. We focus on water issues in the San Joaquin Valley, California, sometimes the American West, sometimes America. And there's plenty of uh, hot water issues, so to speak. This month, as we all know, the legislature is locked in a uh, death battle over which of competing bond measures will solve our latest so-called water crisis. The Republicans and the Democrats have been at loggerheads. The clock is running and about to expire on getting anything on the February primary ballot. Uh, Governor Schwarzenegger and the Republicans have a anywhere between six to nine billion dollar measure in which they are promoting the construction of two new dams one right here in fresno county and madera county on the san joaquin river six miles upstream from Fryant dam and another location in sacramento valley called the sites reservoir uh and uh we are going to get into that a little bit today and my prediction is that uh The Republicans uh, can block any kind of a Democratic measure and the governor can veto and the vice versa, the Democrats with a clear majority in the state Senate and the Assembly can block the Republican bills and that neither bill, neither party will have a water bond measure on the February ballot. Both sides have vowed to go to the initiative process and so next November We may have one or two initiatives on the ballot uh, for the people of California to spend anywhere from six to nine. By then, it could be six to ten billion dollars on water infrastructure, ranging from large dams on big rivers to uh, small local water conservation projects, groundwater storage, all kinds of projects. Many of the cynics, however, will tell you that what ultimately what this is about is public money being funneled into private pockets uh, because while we're being asked to spend six to nine billion dollars, we're not really being told who's going to benefit, you know, and where the water's going. Show me the water. So we want to talk about that a little bit today, but first I want to get into... uh, some the latest legal battles. As you know, a few weeks ago, Judge Oliver Wanger here in Fresno issued a ruling uh, over the fate of the Delta smelt, a tiny little fish that lives in the Delta and is getting ground up to near extinction by the 
big giant pumps for the state water project and the federal Central Valley project at Tracy. And uh, there have been sky is falling predictions ever since the judge ruled that it might cause a reduction in pumping out of the Delta uh, anywhere from 10% cutbacks to 60% cutbacks. Uh, I think our local assemblyman Mike Valines claims that there will be a 60% cutback in water exports from the Delta. How he arrived at this figure, nobody knows, and uh, no one in the news media has asked him where he got the 60% figure. In fact, nobody in the mainstream media is asking any questions about why these predictions of 10 to 60 percent vary so wildly. How can you have such a big disparity in the estimates? Secondly, assuming that we have a big winter and we have lots of rain, there may not be any cutback in pumping at all. Nobody seems to be mentioning that. And so we're in crisis mode now. You've probably seen the commercials on television. The Association of California Water Agencies is uh, trying to scare you to death. They have one particularly effective commercial where there's a glass of water that's, uh, according on your outlook, is either half full or half empty. And for dramatic purposes, they drop the half full glass onto the sidewalk and you hear the sound of shattering glass and the last little bit of water spills out on the cement. I don't know if this is meant to uh, be a metaphor for an earthquake in the Delta or what, but the bottom line is it's intended to scare you into spending all these billions. Now, what's interesting, of course, is that the governor likes to frame this in terms of a bond, and uh, of course it's just another term for a tax, and if we look at it this way, in either, whether you call it a tax or a bond, you gotta take money out of your pocket and give it to the government, they build these big projects, and then we get to find out down the road who actually gets the benefit from the projects. I might point out that the so-called Temperance Flat Dam, which we're going to talk about a little later in the show, uh, the, the current estimate of the cost of the water is $350 an acre foot, uh, which is probably four to five, in some cases, 10 to 20 times higher than our east side farmers now pay for their water supplies. So uh, I find it hard to believe that the ag interest would be pushing so hard for water from Temperance Flat if they're gonna be expecting to pay $350 an acre foot. What might happen is that water will get sold, some of it, at much higher prices, urban prices, five to $600 an acre foot, and then the taxpayers would underwrite the cost of water delivered to agriculture in Kern and Tulare counties at below the actual cost of development. But let me turn for a minute to a lawsuit that was filed this week by the California Coast Keeper Alliance. It's a coalition of environmental groups all the way from San Diego to the Oregon border, and they're suing the California Department of Fish and Game. Why are they doing that? Because the State Water Board issues water rights diversion permits and uh, nobody's keeping track of how much water is actually being diverted out of our rivers or how much can safely be diverted and still protect the fisheries. This, indeed, this is actually the uh, essence of the problem in the Delta. 
Nobody knows how much pumping is too much pumping. Now what the lawsuit alleges is that uh, fish and game is supposed to determine minimum flows for a number of streams in the state in order to protect the fishery, but in fact fish and game is not doing that at all. Um, the lawsuit alleges that the program that carried out the studies, the fish and game program that was doing the studies uh, was drastically reduced in 2003 and disbanded altogether in 2005. This is despite the fact that when anybody applies for a water right, and I'm, let's say I'm talking a small winery operation in the wine country and they only want a few acre feet of water a year, they have to pay an $850 fee to defray the cost of the fish and game studies as to whether or not it's safe to further divert from some of these streams, but fish and game's not doing the studies. So the lawsuit, which was filed in Sacramento County Superior Court, wants a judge to order fish and game to reveal what it's doing to actually uh, perform its public trust duties. The lawsuit points out that of the state's 116 native fish, eight have gone extinct and 15 are threatened or endangered. Uh, and in fact, of course, fisheries and fish species of all types all over California have undergone drastic declines in the last few decades since massive pumping from the Delta began. Okay, let's move on to the next water lawsuit. There are always plenty of the lawyers always get rich in water law. And uh, there is a group called the Coalition for Sustainable Delta, for a sustainable delta. Uh, uh, I'm going to take a, interrupt that. I'll be right back to it. We've got a call. And uh, Vic, can we take that call? Are we set up for that? We are or we're not? We are, okay. Caller, are you there? She'll actually call back later, Lloyd. She's okay, they're going to call back. We'll take that call later in the show. Let's return to our new lawsuit. The Coalition for a Sustainable Delta filed a notice of intent to sue a uh, power generating company named Morant Delta and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for violating the Endangered Species Act. Morant uh, owns uh, gas fired electric power generating plants in Contra Costa County and the city of Pittsburgh, uh, which sucked billions of gallons of water out of the Sacramento-San Joaquin River Delta and harmed the ecosystem, killing tens of thousands of smelt and other endangered and threatened species. The Army Corps is named as a defendant in the suit because they issue permits to the power generating company to pull water out of the Delta. Now, uh, many folks reading this might think that the Coalition for a Sustainable Delta is an environmental group, when in fact it's a group of agricultural interest based in Kern County. And indeed, Greenwire, which is a, uh, an environmental group, uh, had a story recently, and their headline was, Enviro's announced intent to sue Morant. But in fact, the Coalition for a Sustainable Delta is headed by Paramount Farms, which is a subsidiary of Paramount uh, uh, Films, the Paramount Movie Company, which owns extensive ag land in the San Joaquin Valley and in Kern County. 
So they created this uh, uh, a nonprofit, so-called nonprofit organization, uh, which is called a 501c5, not a 501c3, but a 501c5, which agricultural interest groups uh, organized their nonprofits under. And uh, these farming interests in Kern County are upset about Judge Wanger's Delta smelt ruling that I told you about at the start of the show. So they, and, and they have all claimed that the cause of the decline of the Delta smelt is not only due to the pumping, but due to negative impacts from a number of other sources, including this power plant. So we have a coalition of farmers uh, that are going to start filing lawsuits left and right to force the judicial system to recognize that there are other impacts on the Delta smelt beside the big state and federal pumps at Tracy. Michael Bocadoro, who is the spokesman for the Coalition for a Sustainable Delta, says, quote, until we improve the Delta smelt situation, we are going to see cutbacks in the state and federal pumping operations. We don't think that will solve the problem because we don't think the pumps are the primary cause. Of course, this is an argument that uh, Judge Wanger rejected. Bocadero says the only way to bring these other factors into the equation is to focus the same kind of scrutiny on them that was focused in the Wanger lawsuit, uh, or the lawsuit that Judge Wanger settled. Uh, Bocadero's group claims that uh, stormwater runoff, invasive species like the striped bass, and uh, the use of these big power generating plants, uh, the use of water that they also pump from the Delta are also causes of the decline of the Delta smelt. We're halfway through the show. You're listening to Lloyd Carter. This is Down in the Valley, KFCF 88.1 FM. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Tuesday, October 23rd, at 8 p.m., it's Poetry in Motion at the Star Line. This gathering is a benefit for KFCF, with a portion of the proceeds being donated to the New Orleans chapter of ACORN, a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to rebuilding homes for the city's low to moderate income residents. Poets for the event include Deshaud Cato, Tiana Giovanna, Connie Owens, Devoya Mayo, and Lee Herrick will all perform alongside American Book Award winner Tim Z. Hernandez and featuring, by way of New Orleans, Deaf Poetry Jam's Miss Sunny Patterson. Sounds provided by Fresno Art Museum music director Armin Nalbandian and Move On Up's Michael Powell. Tickets are just $10 for this 18 and over event. That's Poetry in Motion, Tuesday, October 23rd at the Starline. For more information, Contact staff at 559-233-2221. We're back. This is Lloyd Carter. You're listening to Down in the Valley. We're talking about water in California. And uh, there is some good news out of Sacramento this week, even though they're deadlocked on uh, getting a bill out for uh, new water storage, be it dams or groundwater, whatever. The governor this week signed a package of bills that may start to provide some flood protection in the Delta region. 
this is uh, Jeffrey Mount, who's a UC Davis geologist and flood expert, says this is the single largest advance in flood management in California in more than 40 years. Over the long term, these bills will have significant impact on the patterns of development and the way we manage floods and floodplains. And of course, we all know that the Delta is extremely vulnerable to the possibility of earthquakes and that there are thousands and thousands of homes in the Delta region that were actually built below the levee walls and should there be a major earthquake or a giant flood event in which the levees get blown out, there could be a catastrophic loss of life. The bills that the uh, governor signed this week include the following. There's an overhaul of the State Reclamation Board, which, bill, which will be renamed the Central Valley Flood Protection Board. Members will have to meet specific professional qualifications and be subject to State Senate confirmation. The board will be made independent of the Department of Water Resources, which now assigns staff to the board. Now, the Reclamation Board uh, used to be this sleepy little agency that nobody paid attention to, but uh, in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, they decided that they better toughen up some of the standards for building on floodplains in the Delta region, and uh, the governor responded by firing almost all of the Reclamation Board members and replacing them with people who were considered pro-development. So hopefully uh, this uh, new bill here is a compromise between the government's pro-growth business-minded developers and uh, public safety. The second, the other, one of the other bills that the governor signed was augmentation of federal standards that discourage construction in 100-year floodplains with a new requirement that local governments eventually meet a 200-year level of flood protection, meaning that the prof probability of a flood would be less than ha one half of one percent in any given year. The legislation requires state officials to come up with preliminary maps next year and a new flood protection plan by 2012. Well, I'm thinking that that's almost four years away. Let's hope uh, we don't have our earthquake and our flood in the next four years while the bureaucrats are dragging their feet on the new flood protection. Uh, one of the bills would actually require a ban on development inside the 200-year floodplain once the plan that I just mentioned uh, goes into effect. The governor signed another bill uh, regarding cities and counties' financial liability for flood damage to developments that they approve unreasonably. State lawmakers said it was unfair for the state to be exclusively liable for flood damage when cities and counties increased the state's liability by proving local projects in floodplains. So that is some good news. Uh, now let's return a little bit to the water bond battle in Sacramento. The governor said that, uh, you know, on Tuesday there was an announcement by State Senate Leader Don Parada that any effort to get a uh, bond proposal on the February ballot was dead. But the governor said the next day, quote, I think we are very close to a deal. As you know, yesterday it blew up, but I think this is just part of the rhythm of this capital. They always have to blow things up first before they get things done. Uh, now, interestingly, uh, people who are following the bond negotiations closely say that Republicans may abandon 
their demand to earmark money for specific dams such as the Sites Reservoir and the Temperance Flat Dam that I talked earlier. Um, if they come out, if the legislature comes up with one bond measure that everyone supports, uh, it would include roughly $3 billion for water storage, but it wouldn't identify whether that would be in an above ground reservoir, which obviously would require a dam, or underground storage, which is much cheaper and protects water much better. The deadline uh, to get something on the ballot is uh, October 16th, just a few more days. So insiders tell me they do not think any bill will clear the legislature in the next few days. And then in fact, both Republicans and Democrats are gonna start pushing initiatives with much the same language as they had in their separate deals in the legislatures. And it will be up to the people of California next November to decide whether they want to go with local conservation projects, groundwater storage, et cetera, et cetera, or whether they want to spend $5 billion uh, on uh, two dams and uh, increasing the uh, storage capacity of the Los Vaqueros Dam. So we'll keep you posted on that. We don't have much time left. I did want to mention a couple of really interesting things. The Los Angeles Times, Bill Stahl had an article and the Times, I have to tell you, has not been very good on their water coverage, but this opinion piece that he wrote uh, was a knockout. And uh, let me just read a couple of paragraphs. California water crisis, Blair the television adds, the governor has called the legislature into special session to consider new reservoirs to protect the state's precarious water ply. LA Mayor Antonio Vijarosa is asking residents to cut water usage by 10%. The city of Long Beach has already restricted lawn watering. More curbs are few to follow, sure to follow. Few people would dispute that the state faces a water crisis. From the Delta to the problems of global warming, etc., population growth. And then LA Times columnist Stahl asks, so why are federal officials giving more than a moment's attention to a proposal to practically give away enough water to meet the annual household needs of two million families to a few hundred big farmers in the San Joaquin Valley for 60 years or more. So far, there has no been no adequate answer to that question or even a rational discussion of this proposal. The deal is indicative, however, of the hydra-headed water system in California that makes it difficult, if not impossible, for the state to draft long-term water policy that will sustain agriculture, meet the demands of urban and suburban growth, and protect the environment. And the column goes on to talk, of course, about this is the Westlands Water District proposal for, they want a 60-year contract for up to a million acre feet of water a year. And uh, the broker in Congress of this sweetheart, what some are calling the sweetheart deal, is Senator Dianne Feinstein. Now, ironically, Dianne Feinstein met with the parties to this uh, Westlands proposal in her offices in Washington yesterday, and I didn't see one word in any of the mainstream news media about this meeting yesterday in which Feinstein is keeping, these aren't public meetings, the, these are private sessions, although there are environmental interests represented, 
but the Bureau of Reclamation people are there. Uh, probably some of our local congressmen have representatives there if they're not there themselves. And of course the Westlands people are there. Now, when you have a federal judge a few weeks ago ordering cutbacks in pumping from the Delta and the, the uh, real effect of a Westlands deal in which they want a guarantee of their water supplies that would actually increase pumping from the Delta, you see the dilemma in the making. Okay, we only got a few minutes left, so I want to talk some more because there is uh, actually the uh, push for dams, which has essentially been by agricultural interests, uh, even the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, which is the great wholesaler of water to towns and cities south of the Tehachapis, supports the Democratic bill in the legislature, which doesn't have any money for big dam projects. So most of the push for the dams is coming from the dam building agencies, not surprisingly, Department of Water Resources and the Bureau of Reclamation, but from the ag interests. Um, and so, let me point out, using the government's own figures, this is from the Department of Water Resources website, frequently asked questions about Temperance Flat from September of 2007. In June of 2005, the estimated cost of Temperance Flat was $1 to $1.4 billion. The current estimate is $2 billion, and they say this is based on uh, cost increases for temperature control devices, uh, hydropower facility relocation, which means that they're going to flood out some PG&E and Southern California Edison hydro plants on the river above Fryant that would be flooded out and you would have a significant loss of electrical power <coughs> and also increased construction costs. Later on in the frequently asked questions, they say, you know, when if we, if we were going to approve and build a dam, how long would it take? They think construction would get underway in 2012 and could be completed in five to seven years, meaning a dam would come online between 2017 and 2019. Now what's interesting is in the last two little over two years, the, the estimated cost has doubled, but we're not even going to start construction for another five years, which I would think, if uh, you use any kind of a reasonable estimate, the price would double again. That puts the price up probably somewhere around four to five billion dollars just for temperance flat. Now the question then becomes, how much water are we going to store at temperance flat? what they would call actual new water because almost all of the water that comes down out of the San Joaquin River now is already diverted for human use. The estimate uh, is 165,000 to 183,000 acre feet of what they would call new yield, new water. Um, and the irony of course is that's not very much water annually, even over decades for an expenditure of $5 billion. Now the Department of Water Resources also estimates that through conservation measures in California, we could save 3.1 million acre feet of water, which is uh, 5, 10, 15 times more water 
than uh, we could generate uh, by building just temperance flat alone. So as you can see, there is a great deal of controversy about whether or not temperance flat will be a good deal for the voters. Now, the most curious thing of all is that apparently the California voters are going to be asked either in February or in November to vote for these multi-billion dollar dams, which will in fact generate a half a million acre feet of new water. There has been no explanation of who will get that water, what they will pay, and uh, whether the taxpayers are going to be able to recoup any of the enormous cost of these dams. So I will make a prediction here that I'm quite confident in, which is that water will continue to be the most burning issue, if that's the appropriate metaphor, um, into next year's uh, general election in November. So I think we're going to have to about wrap it up for the day. You've been listening to Lloyd Carter down in the valley. Thanks for listening.